Everybody, this is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side. Today, we will be coaching you on holiday traditions. The do's, the don'ts, the ins, the outs of a good holiday tradition. Let's start with this. Do not, if you're going to start a holiday tradition at your own house, do not start a live nativity where you bring in a camel, a donkey, and some sheep. Do not do a live nativity at home. At least to start with. Yeah. We did that. Horrible. Wait, you had a camel in your front yard? Mm-hmm. Actually, it was in our living room. Oh. My, my kids thought it'd be fun to have a live nativity, and they didn't know what a live Your kids was. are not great at making decisions yet. No. See, once again, well, that's a parenting show. Don't do live nativities. Do fake non-live nativities. Get a get a mannequin of a camel. Perfect. Those don't like, spit as much. They probably don't, don't smell much. They're better, called camelkins. <laughs> and hold on, did you make that up right then? No, no. That's what the sales guy told me. Oh, no. We yeah. were uh, at, for Thanksgiving. We almost went to a live nativity, and I'm like, "What's a live nativity?" Because I didn't. I've never been to a live or a dead nativity. You're like every, nativity. They're all. They're and all then they told dead. me they're all animals and they're all alive. And I'm like, what do we do? We get to touch the animals, and oh no, you just look at them. <laughs> so they're all just in a manger, I guess, with live Mary. And we're going to assume Mary is also alive. I am assuming because you wouldn't want to put a mannequin in there and no. have a live animal. Cool, because who's going to keep the animals in check? Anyway, we didn't do it. I kind of got just didn't seem as interesting. Once is it a real baby Jesus? Well, actually, the real baby Jesus is is grown. Yeah. So no, it wouldn't be the real baby. <laughs> baby Jesus. Jesus grew up. Yeah. Um, but the, the the person playing the role would be a baby. But having a baby, like, <clears throat> yeah, that, that would yeah. behave terribly. Well, especially in this cold. Yeah, that's rude. Yeah. I mean, imagine if like a camel spit on a baby. Oh no. Well, Meg Conley um, threw a snowball at her two year old. Well, that makes perfect sense. They deserved it. I'd never do that. Why? Because they're two-year-olds and they probably have or probably will soon do something to deserve mm-hmm. a ball of snow smacking them in the mouth. Do you, yeah. Yeah. And happy holidays. Happy happy Christmas time. See, that's the funny thing is we have these traditions, but some of our traditions are a little weird. Like how many of you have ever gone to see lights somewhere, but you just sit in the car in a, in a traffic jam? And you're waiting to, like, go Scoot see forward. the lights. Scoot forward. Or worse, those times when you get out of your car and you freeze. Tonight. Yeah. Tonight awful. I'm taking a bunch of the youth from our church with a bunch of youth leaders. And we're going to go down to the center of Salt Lake City where Temple Square is and the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, all that. And we're going to go walk around. And it's what? Ten degrees? With no sunlight. So it's, like... Yeah, it'd be feels nighttime. like mm-hmm. let's, let's assume some wind. Let's uh, well, let's go to our wind chill, wind chill. expert, Better. Victorious. Yes. What's the wind chill? If uh, what's the wind chill tonight going to be? Um, it's about twelve miles an hour. Twelve miles an hour, ten degrees. That's a negative forty-four degrees. 
That's <laughs> below zero. It will be cold enough to make you die in seconds. Well, that sounds like a great activity. What a cool tradition. Let's go see the lights. Yeah. Ha, I didn't think of that. No, you know what you never, ever think about? What? Parking in Salt Lake City. Well, or every, every, I bet everywhere downtown in probably most cities, it's crazy right yeah. now. Hmm. Uh, I have a bunch of traditional get-to-go-watch-my-wife-sing festivities going on in the next three days. Three How's nights that? in a row, I get to watch her sing beautifully with a choir. <sighs> there they are. That's my tradition. That's all you do every single Christmas? Uh-huh. Three, three nights watching her sing. It's good. It's just, then you're done. And then what? My family, we don't, I don't know if we have anything leading up. You don't? I don't think we have anything leading up to Christmas. Do you like fireworks? No, they do that in New Year's, though. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our neighbors are big into fireworks. Yeah. For Christmas? Mm-hmm. For everything. Oh. They're <laughs> like, excuse yeah. to shoot up fireworks. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. They just like fireworks. Lots of fireworks. Well, hey, you know, there's some people who do drugs, and they, they do fireworks. Yeah. All things considered, a little weird, but I mean, if you're going to have a neighbor, fireworks beats meth. Right? It's day. always, no one likes the surprise meth lab yeah. as their neighbor. Because everyone's property value drops. Always. So holiday traditions, do you guys have any? Like any that stand out? You don't really have any. No, except... no, not leading up to. Okay. But Christmas Eve, Yeah. we find a restaurant. Okay, hold it. Okay. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, you, the 24th. Is, you find a restaurant. We find a restaurant okay. that makes tamales and taquitos, and then we just order like boatloads of it. Okay. So we're talking Navidad. Navidad. Okay. Well, that sounds cool. Just because my parents are from Arizona, or I guess they're from the Southwest. Well, because, you know, so. nothing says Christmas more than a tamale. Mm, douse that thing in hot sauce. Oh, that does sound very good. If actually. your mouth isn't on fire, it's not Christmas. So, the, and that's, so that's what you remember Christmas Eve. That's always – because it's weird because everyone's like, we're having a traditional. And we're just like covered in rice and nachos and cheese and – What a fun – that's fun. That's my family does. You do, a, you do a Navidad? Yeah, well – my family's Hispanic, so we go to Grandma's house. And Do you we have tamales have, and yeah. taquitos? Yeah, authentic. I have to say, it's a bit nicer than Thanksgiving Part Two. Yeah, we're missing. I out. agree. Yeah, we just do like a million appetizers. But we always we always make sure. My dad speaks Spanish, so he always like makes sure that it's like authentic. Well, yeah, that's like super authentic. He always makes sure that there's oh, brains that in sounds, the tamales. Oh, brains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is that what it's called? Sainos. Is that what it is? I don't know, but it it tastes better. You know Gotta what? That actually, I like that idea too because it's so different, right? Everyone's like, "Cook a ham, yeah, whatever. Nah. Ham's fine. Ham, ma'am. Taquitos." What my brains. family does is then after we eat at grandma's, everyone, I have, there's only you two. mean abuela, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, my mom gives everyone an ornament. Her well, just her kids. There's three of us. She gives everyone an ornament that signifies something important that they did that year, along with their pajamas for the night. What? Uh, you only get to wear them that night. No, I mean you can wear them again. Okay, but okay. Uh, I, that's a cool. Okay, so that's so you are now aggregating your own set of ornaments year by year. Yeah, everyone in my um, family has a Christmas tree in their bedroom with their own ornaments. There's like twelve Whoa, Christmas trees holy, in my house. That's a lot of Christmas trees. Yeah, it is. Somebody's it's... killing the trees in the world. I think we know where the trees are going. No, they're, they're fake trees. That's neat. We just keep them in That's a closet. cool tradition. Yeah, I like it. Uh, we get the jammies thing. We've had that since we were kids. I don't like that. Do you wear matching jammies? 
Matching who? My family? Yeah. No. Yeah, we don't do matching either. That's not good. That's creepy. So this Christmas, I'm going to D.C. Yes. To stay with some friends. Because according to my mother, I would rather be an orphan than be with them. <laughs> um, oh, she sounds she's, sad. She sounds like she likes that idea very much. But they said, hey, we do we do pajamas. Do you want us to get you some pajamas? And I said, well, I haven't really worn pajamas since I was like three. So why start now? So if you're going to get me pajamas, they better be onesie pajamas and they better be zip up, you know, footy pajamas. With a hood. Are you kidding with a, actually, hopefully a T-Rex hood. I really hope that I get a picture of this because that just sounds great. That would it be, may or may not happen. Bryce in a onesie. That's interesting. You're going to go there and think they were joking and they're going to pull out some jammies. I, I have a feeling I'm going to go into Christmas shock. Yeah. I might throw up. I don't know. Then you're going to have to take pictures Or the best footsies. ones are like the, the matching thermal set. See, <laughs> matching's weird. No, because not I, matching. I mean, like oh. the the thermal pants match, like the thermal T-shirt. Oh yeah, that they give you. you remember, like, like when you were a kid, do you remember like the tight ones, the the jammies that would like cling to your body that like had some cartoon. That's on what it. I'm talking about. Is that what you mean? Those are called thermal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are weird. I, I always felt too <laughs> reveal. I was like revealing. <laughs> this is much. a bit too, you know. Bobsled team ish. <laughs> if you look like the USA bobsled team when you go to bed with your family, like the pajamas are too some, tight. You Loosen need some up. different pajamas. Um, isn't that weird? Okay, so that's a tradition. Jammies seem to be pretty popular, as does the Mexican fiesta or Hispanic Navidad. Fiesta. Navidad. And what about the the traditional movie watch? Do you guys have a Christmas movie that you watch? No, really. We go to the theater on uh, Christmas Eve. There's 11 kids in my family, so there's 13 people. Wow. Oh, so going goodness. to like a full price movie never happens. So, so that's a Christmas Eve. We event. all go to Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a big deal. We watch Die Hard because it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> we don't watch. Call me out on that. It's a Christmas movie. Did it come out Call on me Christmas wrong. Day? Well, I don't know. Oh. Probably. Well, there's pro- there. I think there is a tree moment in there. Where there's a tree. A tree. It's, it's, it's office Christmas party building yeah. gets taken over. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That's sorry. really not a – that's not what you'd probably call a Christmas movie. It's – Like a Christmas movie would be Home Alone. Ah, see, that was on the other day and I my first thought was those guys should have died a long time ago. As yeah, in, I'm not a big fan of that one either. I don't know. It was – Oh, you'd rather have Die Hard. It's, it's no, the classic. We watch White Christmas. We go old school. Wow. Oh, yeah. My family watches that. I usually leave the room for that. Man, we see – this is the deal. Notice. We don't have – We I don't have traditions. Or Jingle All the Way. Have you seen that one with Arnold Schwarzenegger no. before he was the governor? I don't consider him a great actor. I dated a girl who was in that movie. Really? In Jingle All the Way? Yes. Excellent. Wow. She sounds hot. She was like, I don't know what, seven at the time? Mm. I don't know, but she's in it. Wow. I feel like there's a lot of family traditions that everyone secretly hates. Like, oh, yeah. In like my what? family, we used to go to my – oh, I hope my grandma doesn't listen to this. <laughs> we'll keep it anonymous. One of my grandparents' house, we go with all of the cousins, and it's it was just grandma. way too crazy. We know that. It was way too – it was just too much. There yeah. was way too much going on. It wasn't fun to not, like, see all of the family, and the food wasn't great because everyone would just bring some random dish that they put together because everyone has, like, 11 kids. <laughs> I think I have 72 first cousins on that Holy side. cow. And, well, my, Somebody needs to go to just, more movies. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then when we finally all just talked about it one year, we were like, oh, we all don't like it. Let's just do our own. And it's been so much better ever since. So I think everyone just needs to have that conversation. Ah, peace. What does everyone hate? It's like, like, like every five years, the whole family needs to like get together and be like, okay, there's the stuff we do. 
who hates it? And then, and, you know, whatever we they get. Hate. Like, we all hate this. And then, <laughs> that's fine. All, but but we all. traditions. No. These are traditions. We have a tradition every, uh, what's it called? Every. Christmas. Christmas Eve. Oh. We would sit around. We do a talent show. See, oh, I already awful. want to die. And, that. Terrible. And everybody pretty much participates except the adults, except oh, for my sister, no. who uh, she's a wonderful, wonderful woman. Her name is Jacqueline, and she Call her out. she quit playing piano after about a year, probably two. But she knew one song. She knows one song, and it's Matchmaker. Oh, Fiddler on the Roof? Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, goodness. So every holiday, without fail, we gather around. We watch all the cute little kids play. They're cute numbers. And then my sister, Jackie, gets up and plays Matchmaker. Jackie, who is how old now? She's, I think, 60. No, she's 50. <laughs> okay, because I know all of your sisters are older than you. Yeah, they're, she's about 50. And we all look at her like, wow, so that's how bad it could get. And um, – she plays it. Everyone looks at her. She doesn't. It's it's the same song. I think she only knows the chorus, but she plays it like twelve times. <laughs> and then we cheer. We cheer it every time. We cheer every time, hoping she'll stop. Like that's enough. Good job. <laughs> but she takes it as like an encore, mm-hmm. huh? And oh, she just keeps going. No. Oh. And she even sings with it. <gasps> yeah. Can she sing? Mm, ish. <laughs> So that's that's what we do. And then after everyone kind of has gone through that, uh, we just look at each other like, okay. Like, all right. It's Christmas time, guys. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird when you get older because all, a lot of the traditions go away, you know. For better or for worse. I haven't sat on a on a Santa's lap for I don't even know how many How years. much do you miss it? Like – 10 missing units. Oh. <laughs> I miss it a lot. But I, like, back in the day, Santa would appear and all the kids would get to go and not anymore. This is fun. My family does the 12 days of Christmas. Well, actually, my mom does it. She just, like, gives everyone a cute little gift 12 days before Christmas. Well, like what? A, an ornament? Like, no. Like, since I come from a family of all girls, so we'll get, like, a pair of earrings or a cute new scarf or... Cute chapstick or just something fun and festive or like our favorite candy bar so i'm this is my first year that i'm away at college and we were talking about it over thanksgiving break and i was really distraught about the fact that i wasn't going to be home for the 12 days of christmas and my mom called me yesterday and she mailed me all my 12 days of christmas stuff so i get to be included in the 12 days of christmas even though i'm technically not your mom's oh, nice. I know. Heart, Isn't that nice? My heart just grew three sizes. She's she's including me. You well, just, you are the Grinch. You just so. impacted the Grinch. Yeah. He's even wearing, is that green? A little green today. No, it's looks, kind of blue. Blue green. Well, compared to all my other clothes, it's kind of green, I guess. Um, what a neat mom you have. I know. Isn't that nice of her? Does she Does she know that I never get the 12 days of Christmas? <laughs> she doesn't mail me my 12 days of Christmas. Does she know that? Yeah, but you're not really her kid. Yeah, but do you I'm, want earrings and chapstick? And a do you cute want a new scarf? scarf? No, I've got two new scarves that I never wear. <laughs> oh. You should wear scarves; they're fantastic. I don't know how to wear a scarf. They seem hard to wear. There's YouTube <laughs> tutorials for that. Actually, really, there's like 50 ways to wear. I've them. actually, I've actually been watching the BBC Sherlock, so I'm totally on board for scarves now. Really? Oh, you're yeah. pro scarf. Pro scarves. The day you see me watching um, any type of YouTube for scarves. Is the day I'm done. 
Unplug me. <laughs> Stick a fork in him. He's done. I do not want to spend my time doing that. So instead, I'll just watch everyone else. Well, uh, traditions. We've all got them. Isn't it interesting? But there's a lot of good feelings. And then as Victorious just said, uh, it's sad when they start to go away. Hmm. We even started a new tradition, an elf. We have an elf that makes its way through our house now. Wonderful way to manipulate your children, by the way. Yeah, I just saw one on Facebook, and the mom was like, the elf told my daughter to clean her room. Yeah. Oh, it works. That is so mean. But it's only going to work a few more years. Then they grow up. Then you have no power. (laughs) Smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back, and our own Bryce Lamar Tobin is going to give us a bit of a rant, a different perspective on traditions. This is BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking holiday traditions. Really, the power about uh, your family traditions, your holiday traditions. We're also going to get into giving you some really powerful tools, I think, some interesting tools to uh, to help you work your way through your own traditions, make sure you're keeping the fire alive. But before we get too far into that, our own Bryce Lamar Tobin uh, would like to talk to us about, I guess, a different take on traditions. We have these like romanticized, mm-hmm. you know, these ideas yeah. about the things Norman that we Rockwell-ish. do. Norman Rockwell-ish. Oh, perfect. Uh, That's a great way to put it. It's yeah. all, you know, sanitized and this is what we're doing. But when you really break down some of the things that we do, it's not quite so... Mm, <laughs> Norman rockwell Norm- Yeah. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. It's not like I have any problem with traditions. They're all mostly good. But as with most things, I like to take a step back and look at things and make sure we aren't getting lost in our potentially warped perception of reality. Like mistletoe, for example. We get this little piece of a plant, stick it above a doorway, and then we just wait for two unsuspecting people to wander underneath. Then we point it out and embarrass them. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But do you know what mistletoe is? It's an organism that attaches to trees, stabs itself into the branches, and then it sucks nutrients out of the host tree. Mistletoe is a parasite and a rude one, that. So then what exactly is the connection between going out, cutting it off, and putting it in your house that gives you the right to assault someone else's lips? It seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Or there's caroling. You and some other people get together and go to strangers' doors and then sing classic songs to them. So let's break this one down. I don't have any peer-reviewed research on this, but I do have lots of experience to draw on. And I'm pretty sure one out of every four people is good at singing. Two out of every four people aren't good singers, but they either don't realize it or refuse to come to terms with it. And the other one person of the four is bad, realizes it, and refrains from singing in public. So then these carolers get together, interrupt someone's evening, while two-thirds of them sing poorly? I don't know, seems like a noise complaint waiting to happen, which is something I may or may not have done at some point in my past. And lastly, there's the Christmas tree. I understand this one well. It's a symbol of winter. You bring one into your house for it to be the focal point of Christmas. But when you really think about it, the things we do to that tree are similar to the acts of an angry dictator trying to make an example of someone. But let's go totally traditional on this. You get in your car, drive to the mountains, 
look for a tree, you cut it down. Let's pause right there. A typical house can typically fit a typical Christmas tree of about seven feet. It takes a tree about 12 years to grow this big. And when you're talking about trees, they don't really have a lifespan as much as they just eventually die. But if nothing goes wrong, they could live forever. So 12 years makes that tree a baby. So then what did you just cut off? Keep in mind, trees go down into the ground just about as far as they go up. So in the very least, you cut that tree in half. But that sounds survivable, so we can settle for decapitation because this kills the tree most of the time. Now that we've murdered the tree, do we just leave it there? No, we drag it to the car, tie it up, and drive it home. Once it's in our house, we prop that infant corpse up, and then we decorate its dead body and celebrate its slow decay as we put expensive electronics below it. I'm telling you, we sound like a society of serial killers. Like I said, traditions are fine, but every now and then I think it's not a bad idea to take a step back, take stock of exactly what we're doing, because who knows, it might be incredibly creepy underneath the veil of tradition. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Well, you you think a lot about stuff. Like the rest of us are just like, I like trees. But you're you're no, trees are decapitated organisms. Babies. Parasite or a mistletoe, parasite. Parasite. Hey, let's kiss under it. Yeah, like Hey, is that a parasite? Let's mm, kiss. Let's kiss a lot. So like, we don't know these things. Well, just do we think, oh, let's just do it. Hold yeah. on, people, think about what you're doing. Holly berries, poisonous. Really? I think so. Makes sense. Isn't it like if if it's a red berry, it'll kill you pretty much. Unless it's a strawberry. Like, like strawberries and raspberries. I don't think – is strawberry a berry? I don't know. Whatever they are. But like raspberries, delicious. like one of the only like red things that isn't going to immediately kill you. See, but we like holly. We like uh, trees. We like trees so much but we want to conserve. We, we buy fake trees. See, we manufacture trees that aren't real. We then buy them. And then we take them down every year and we put them up for a month and we put stuff on them. Like, isn't that kind of just weird? If like, you think about it, that's kind of weird. Like it's mm-hmm. – you've effectively done no- – you've accomplished nothing. No. Like your house does not smell better. It does not no, stay then, warmer no, then longer. you have to go buy a pine freshener, air freshener. So you don't even have a tree that smells like pine. Or, you buy an air freshener that pff, pups it out. Or, or what my, my friend, she just gets those like pine scented candles and yeah, just lights candles. three of them. Yeah. Not weird. Do you have real trees or fake trees in your house? We have real fake trees. Oh. Very, very fake. Like so fake. Ours are so fake, they don't even look fake. I mean, they don't look real or fake. They don't look like a tree. <laughs> they're we losing have... all their, they're not, I don't know what you'd call it because they're, they're fake. They're sheets of plastic. They're using their plastic fakery. Like, I've gone into the mountains and cut down a tree before and brought it back. It was the dinkiest, like scrawny little tree I've ever brown gotten. tree. Oh my gosh! I like. I mean, it was see, sad. it's the tradition, isn't it? Weird that when you really think about the tradition, it's strange. That's a strange tradition. Like, I want to put gifts under you. Time to die. No, see, then here, check this out. So then, though, we had a a story told. You've all heard it, I'm sure. But then, if you think about the, uh, so Jesus was put in a cradle made of wood. Okay. A tree. He was a carpenter. Tree. Lots of trees. Died on a cross tree. So when I think of it that way, I'm like, okay, that's the tradition is really like your religion, not your tree. Gotcha. If you're, I mean. Lights. You guys don't have houses yet? When you have a house, you got to light it up. That's what the neighbors are doing. Oh, don't worry. I've had people in apartments that will cover themselves. I about died climbing a ladder to put our lights on in the middle of a snowstorm. Was it worth it? (gasps) No. And a lot of people are like, why didn't you put it when there was no snow? And I'm like, well, I would have had to have been thinking. 
about this would this would have to be important to me for that to you know happen. And then you pull into your house and your kids are like, "Man, everyone else sure celebrates better than we do." One year, my we have a fake tree and my parents for some reason saved all the little pine things that fell out of our fake tree and there's just like little holes that you can stick them back in. They gave us the garbage bag and we're like, "Well, start gluing." Awful. <laughs> I hate Christmas trees now. See? <laughs> That's okay, this is a great example it. of the traditions we don't want to start. That's why we're bringing on an expert. The expert is going to teach us about healthy traditions. No, you probably shouldn't glue back on every pine needle on once, your fake tree. Once they're gone, they're gone. Let them go. That means it's time to leave and go buy another one. Or flock your tree. By the way, flock trees, totally underrated. Those are incredible. You can't even start them on fire. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're coming right back. Meg Cox is going to be joining us. She's an author and traditions expert. She's going to walk us through traditions of Christmas and how to change your traditions and create better traditions. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. back everybody to the matt townsend show today we're taking on holiday traditions giving you the tools to uh you know make sure your traditions are up to par that we're not creating a tradition that wears everyone out that drives everyone crazy you know there's power in traditions there's also a a lot of energy maybe some energy maybe certain traditions of old may not exactly work today possibly you know, things we used to do may not make sense today anymore. So we've decided to bring on an expert. Who better to do that than Meg Cox, who is the author of the Book of New Family Traditions. And uh, you can go to her website, megcox.com, and find out more about that book and everything else. Now, Meg's uh, graduated from Northwestern University. She was a staff writer by, uh, hired on the, at the Wall Street Journal in 1977 at the age of 24. She worked at the Wall Street Journal in Chicago and New York for over 17 years. She has two main specialties, family traditions and quilting. I mean, that, again, major tradition in the quilting uh, world. She was also hired as a tradition spokesperson by such companies as Pillsbury, KFC, and Hallmark. She lectures on the subject, and uh, you know she's she's done. She's been a mother and a stepmom and a step grandmother, as well as uh, has interviewed uh, many many psychologists and religious leaders over the years. So, Meg, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Are you there, Meg? Meg, are you there? We're going to take uh, – Megan's probably out. I bet she's quilting. She's throwing up a quilt rack and starting to make a quilt. Um, but Meg is – when we get her back on the line here, she really truly is somebody – now think of that. Think of the concept of like quilting. She's written a book on quilting and she sits and as a quilter spends time telling the stories, sharing the stories as you sit down with your friends uh, she wrote the book, The Quilter's Catalog, a comprehensive resource guide, um, and as well as Got Traditions is another book that she's written. One of the things that the reasons we really wanted to get into um, 
traditions today, especially holiday traditions, some of the research around traditions that I think are very, very important is the simple concept of um, traditions build, you know, loyalty. They build connectivity between those that are involved in the traditions. A lot of this. I'm here. Oh, are you there? Where have you been? (laughs) I've been sitting here screaming. I'm here. Okay, we finally heard you. You, uh, you were in that funnel. We sometimes every once in a while you just disappear. There's probably somebody that's got a really big uh, computer, you know, that lives near you that's sucking all the bandwidth. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? I, I live near Princeton University, so who that's knows? exactly what it is. They have some special computer there. So, Meg, uh, how on earth did you get from quilting and traditions? I mean, or from the Wall Street Journal to becoming an expert in family traditions and quilting? Um, short answer, I got pregnant. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, yeah, I got pregnant at 40, and um, I was uh, I was really excited, but I was also just, I you know, I've been a career woman, and, yeah. you know, really not thinking about that very much, And um, but I was a good journalist, and I thought I'll use my journalistic skills to figure out how to be really awesome at traditions by interviewing families who are amazing and talking to a lot of experts, and so now I've written four books so far on family traditions, and uh, my son is in college. And wow, uh, I'm I really love this topic. It don't I, again. I was uh, as I was trying to wait for them to find you in the mm-hmm. ether. What I was noticing though, and what I've learned a lot in my own profession is um, the power of a ritual or a tradition to keep people united, right? To oh, keep yeah. people connected. What what have you noticed in in your research and in working with um, and interviewing so many families? What 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 do you think? What's the real key to the tradition? What, why is it such an essential part of our life? Well, I just you know we are creatures of habit. There's something um, very powerful about repeating um, that's very comforting. And you certainly notice this when you have a small child. Right. Because, you know, the world is just really scary and unknowable to them. And knowing that every time you sing that little song, that means it's time for a bath or a nap or whatever, yeah. that's immensely comforting. And, you know, I got to thinking that you would think that there would be less of a need for all that kind of stuff now, but there's actually more because the world is more complicated and more haywire and, and more noisy and um, chaotic. And so we actually, I think, need those things more. Not less. So it's almost like the tradition gives us a chance to reset back to a, a calming, more predictable experience. Yes, yes. And I also think that, and, and again, you see this for children, in children, is it's, um, it's also the intentional, the intentionality part of it is that a, a good ritual, it's like theater. It's, like, it's yeah. like there's a beginning, a middle, of an end. Even if you're saying grace at dinner, you say, let's say grace now. Yeah. And it focuses everybody on the same thing. And then you say the grace, and then you say amen. That's the curtain going down. That's, that's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. Isn't and it interesting? Because kind of a sense of heightened reality. I think kids really love it. Oh, yeah. And, and you can tell that if somebody came in and said grace in a way you've never heard them say grace— that would that would upset the tradition a little bit, and everyone it would it would be jolting. It'd be like, whoa, that was well, different. Well, I'm all for you know families to try experiment yeah. and stuff like that. But I actually the first book that I wrote um, uh, in 1998, uh, the heart of a family. That actually the the first sentence of the book starts talks about a family that's sitting down to dinner, and the youngest child just starts weeping and wailing, and they're like. 
what is the matter with her? You know, she likes what we're eating, and she got her nap this afternoon. What is the problem, child? They forgot to say grace. <laughs> and it's just that that's what she expected then. And, and that was, um, she was completely unmoored because that didn't happen. Isn't that, that's great. So when you think of traditions, especially around the holiday, you're also thinking, though, this is something that creates kind of a predictable, uh, safer world for us. It does. I think it's it's really comforting. And and as you grow older and you come back and you and you see those same objects and you sing those same songs, it's all it just really makes you feel all, you know, warm and and cocoa filled. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But but the other thing is, and I, you know, when I talk to parents, it's like sort of where do you start with all that? Mm -hmm. And I I think those things are going to last the best if you start out by saying, you know, these are our deepest values and beliefs. And our tradition should reflect that. So if you start out by saying what we want our children to believe, what we believe is that people are more important than things, then you take something like a Christmas tradition, then it should reflect that. Right. Yeah. So like Black Friday ought not be your key tradition. Exactly. If that's not your value. That's a great, I mean, tying it to your values. the opposite, which mine is not. <laughs> right. Well, let's see, then what's neat about that is every holiday you can reconnect everyone back to the values. Why, why do yeah. we do this tradition? We don't just do it to do it. We do it because it's tied to this value and this value. Yeah. And, you know, the, the psychologists that I've, uh, I've done a lot of reading on this, and when they ask people to describe their families, one of the first things that they talk about is how they celebrate. Hmm. You know, this is important to us. And so that's that equals our identity. That's who we are. I love that. Um, when you think about your own life, your own family, what are some of the traditions that you, you know, love about your family? Well, it is, it's funny how um, we, we take things and we adapt them. And I know growing up, my, we had these homemade Christmas stockings, and we always got to get up early um, uh, and, and open the stocking, which was outside our door. My mother was very funny. There was always uh, a, a, uh, an orange in the, in the toe of the stocking and yeah. a box of thank you notes. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. But, um, <laughs> That's an interesting uh, That I, tells you what she valued. Yes. Isn't that funny? That's I mean, great. How, how we learn these things. But... Um, when I started making traditions for, for my kid, I, I did that. I don't do this. You know, my son does his by email. But, um, but I did add on other things. And when I asked myself sort of that bedrock values thing, one of the things for me was that I wanted to raise a child who thought uh, that books and learning were, were very special. Mm-hmm. So we even have like a, uh, a literary advent tradition of uh, we wrap up all the Christmas books um, before the month of December starts, and each one has a number on it. And every um, night after dinner, when he was little, and after he cleaned up the dishes, he, there would be this book wrapped like a present, and he would grab it and open it and sit in my lap and, you know, and oh, read Oh, what a great tradition. Story. So, but it starts with that central thing. Yeah. Is there, do you sense, is, I mean, just the good feeling of that, is there a downside to traditions? Can, can you be, can you have too much tradition? Actually, you can, and, and and a lot of people would think that that is that. How could that be? But um, if you and this, I almost sort of took that road early on because I because I was constantly interviewing people and hearing about cool new um, traditions and practice. I'd say, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Oh, yeah. God, of course, we got to have a, a, a gingerbread house too, and we got to, <laughs> you know, and um, 
and it just got it just takes it just takes all the fun away because you are you are focusing on your to-do list not on experiencing the joy and yeah. connection and you just get exhausted and what took what it took to cure me of that is uh, one Christmas I got um, food poisoning on Christmas Eve, <laughs> Uh-oh. and so I missed a lot of Christmas morning. And I just thought, well, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to spread it out more. I'm going to have a different kind of joy. And so I, I, I thought, well, better to do less but make it more meaningful. So, mm-hmm. you know, we put up this tree, and then do we have do we actually enjoy it? So every night. Um, after the tree was put up, we would um, turn out all the lights except the lights on the tree, and we would snuggle on the sofa, and we would we called it our tree sit. We would just sit there and admire our tree, and of course, every tree is like, it's like a, an archaeology project. I mean, right. I remember when you made that ornament, in, and when you were in kindergarten, remember that? We got that one at Disney World, and yeah. you know, it's the, we have a T-Rex on the top of our tree. It's like, <laughs> it's the history of us, so. The T-Rex. Um, I think it's so true because all, if all of a sudden the tradition is just a stressor and it's it's no longer – you're not feeling your values and you're not feeling that good, warm spirit. Um, and then all of a sudden you add the mere fact that you get married to another person with traditions and right. we try to blend everyone's traditions. There comes a point, I guess, that we have to slow things down. How How do you sense – how do we do that? How do we kind of – slow it down and and make yeah. sure we're making our own traditions as couples and as families. Yeah. Well, you almost have to kind of take a ritual tradition and uh, or a, a a checklist kind of thing where you you um where you look through and say, well, what are the ones that really m- make us happiest and mean the most to us and are the most direct expression of us. And I think to so to sort of be a powerful antidote to how fast everything is, it's almost like the slower you can make it, the more it will stand out mm-hmm. and the more powerful it will be. So if you do, you know, turn out all the lights and every member, everybody in the family is holding a candle and you just sing like one favorite hymn, yeah, you know, so it's like really quiet and you could hear a pin drop and you sing Silent Night or something. I mean, how great is that? Yeah, you know, powerful. It doesn't have to be fancier than that. That's why my sister every, uh, every year sings Matchmaker from Fiddler on the Roof, because that's the only song she knew how to play. <laughs> and she sings it like 500 times, but it's so slow and monotonous that, boy, it's a, it's created a memory that none of us can can get over. <laughs> well, there's that kind of memory. <laughs> See, that's another way to do it. It really is. It's it's the need to slow down, isn't it? And to, st- and to kind of take it in and, and even celebrate it as an event itself. It's almost like sometimes we line up Ten traditions. Okay, we got to get the tree up. Oh yeah, the kids have to put their favorite ornaments on. Okay, then we have to. Yeah, we have to put the angel on the top of the tree or the T Rex, and we have all these things we have to do, and we hurry through them, but we don't. Yeah. We don't actually mark the spot as important. And you know what? That's another thing that has taken me a long time to learn is that I can be a little bit of a control freak when it comes to traditions. Yeah. And I've had once or twice had my son uh, say to me about, you know, even something like that should be fun, like decorating the tree, like here comes the stress fest. And you have to take a step back and say, no, we don't have to play song X. And, yeah. you know, we do. And so what if we don't have marshmallows to put in the cocoa this year or whatever? I mean, it's like you have to also have this feeling of, um, letting it go and um, letting other people put their stamp on it, mm-hmm. and uh, and and 
just and silliness is good too. <laughs> oh yeah, and just relax and have fun. It seems like eventually, if we don't sing every song this year, you know, there, there's going to be next year. Right. So we could sing some of them next year. It, it really is. It's like it's almost like I don't know. You got 15 things to do for spring cleaning, and you got to get them all done. But in a way, it's you know, it's Christmas. Let's just relax. Right. Yeah. I just I heard a study recently. That talked about because we're taking more pictures than ever before to, today because digital photography makes it so right. easy to store. The reality is, is we're not looking at any of them, <laughs> so we just store them away. And they're even tying it to the fact that with the way we take pictures today, we're actually not even creating memories because oh my God. we're assuming the picture is going to be connected. The memory is uh, of this, the event isn't being as etched into our brains because right. we're just taking the picture of it. So our right. brain doesn't spend as much time knowing it could always recall it later. Oh, that's so interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So here we sit. We have all mm-hmm. this technology, all this ability. But like what you're saying is you almost have to sit in it in peace. And and you're even saying, more importantly, you create traditions. I mean, some of them just emerge. You know, right. something funny happens. So we'll do that next year. But uh, you, this is something you have to work. Yeah. Yeah, well, and also that intentionality that I was that I was saying is that you know, like I know um, this one family, uh, so, you know, the the more you know, people are more important than things. I mean, they said, well, uh, and I think this is not. I, I know a number of families who do this. They said, well, well, Jesus got three presents, so that's you know, three yeah. presents is a good number. Oh, I love and that. And I know one family like the first one present is always a book, and one yeah. is always I don't know what, and then the third one is um, is a. Uh, it's like a puzzle. It's like a scavenger hunt, yep. and they have to follow clues. Hmm. And it takes, you know, it might take them a half an hour or longer to find their present. Yeah. Like one year, it was a bicycle, and it was, you know, in a somebody's garage down at the end of the block. <laughs> so it makes it a different kind of experience. Yeah. I love that. I never thought of that. So Jesus got three, and Mary only got one gift. <laughs> so if you if you want to just give one, just say Mary well, only got one gift. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I know a family, again, that it's about um, experiencing it. And they wanted the uh, kids to, you know, have a have a, a sort of a, I don't know, sort of a little time travel experience to put, put themselves back in the, in the day. So call it the journey to Bethlehem, and they start actually um, turn out all the lights. They walk out of their house. They walk around the yard. They walk back in. And they walk over to the tree. They say that they've made the journey to Bethlehem. Huh. And they sit down. They have a picnic next to the yeah. tree. And they sort of eat, you know, pita bread and yeah. fruit and nuts and talk about, well, what was it really like then? See, just mixing it up, doing something different. Love it. Uh, we're talking with Meg Cox, the author of the book of New Family Traditions. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to continue talking about traditions, even how to change them. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are... uh, Learning about holiday traditions, some of the tools, the the essentials of a tradition 
from a, a real expert in the subject. Our our great guest today is Meg Cox, who's the author of the book of New Family Traditions. She was a Wall Street Journal uh, staff writer for years, for about 17 years. She worked at the Wall Street Journal in Chicago and in New York. Uh, she has two main specialties that she focuses in on her writing, family traditions and quilting as well. She's already been hired by uh, large companies, organizations like Pillsbury and KFC and Hallmark to be a tradition spokesperson. So, And again, go if you go to her website, megcox.com, you can go check out her four books that she's written. She's got a wonderful blog there as well. Tons of tools. It's just it's just a great resource for traditions. So, Meg, welcome back to the program. Thank you. And okay, so we have traditions. A lot of them have been handed down by mom and dad and grandma. A lot of them we don't understand how they kind of got there. One of the things right. you've taught us so far is make sure you tie it to to values, to your principles. You know, as parents, make sure that, that you're drawing connections between what you value and the traditions you're living. Um, what, what else do we do? What, what else are some core things that we need to be doing with our traditions or watching out for? Uh, well, we talked a little bit about, you know, not overdoing it. And another thing is to make sure everybody has a say, everybody uh, is involved, that yeah. it's not just, you know, one person uh, calling all the shots. Yeah. And, I remember know, that. Also, That's huge. As a kid, I would get all these incredible toys Christmas morning, you know, big ones that would have to be built and put together. And then we'd all, you know, within a couple hours, we'd go get so – we had to go to grandma's. And you couldn't take all your toys. And then all of us would load up in a car. And it was great. We'd drive to, to our grandparents and they'd give us more – uh, toys and things, and you know, which would be great to play with. Except in the end, the parents would hang out all day, and I'm thinking, "Let's get out of here! I got toys to play with." Anyway, and I'm sitting there thinking, it was a tradition. It was my family's tradition, but it really wasn't at that point just for the kids anymore. It was more yeah. for and the parents. You know, some of that you just gotta yeah, you just gotta learn that as a kid. But but some, you know, you might also the the parents might try and think of something that would be especially fun for the kids. Right. I mean, I know people like for Thanksgiving they they do like a special different menu for the kids' table, like you know, it, the, the, just the turkey legs, and you don't have to eat the part you don't like. And yeah. you know, it would be nice if there were like games that or, or things for the kids to do. Right. I mean, that that's simple if you just involve them, right? Yeah, well, I have a sort of a fun one in the in the book that would be fun for uh, an extended family that is, it's uh, not expensive and it's and it's kind of, and it's very active, and it's something that somebody told me about called a joy ball, and you take just little like dollar store toys and um, you know uh, some some kind of uh, just that stuff that you uh, that you use to, to drape and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, what's it? Oh, oh like, what is that called? Like and uh, you like you just cottony hmm? stuff, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. you drape that you 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 drape it around. It's almost like a, a pin, it's like a cross between a piñata and a soccer ball. You wrap it all up and um you've got um I'm going to look this thing up because uh yeah, you can um yeah, curry paper is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. So you wrap it up. You have these little things, and you and you uh, have one sort of embedded, and then you wrap, and then you put in another little toy, and then you wrap some more, and then you just sort of instead of taping it all or or having it really tightly closed, you just sort of tuck in the end, okay. and then you sort of pull that end out, and then you sort of kick it around. It's you know people are kicking around, and toys are flying everywhere, and it, it would just kind oh, of be fun. a fun activity. Yeah, but like again, involving the kids. Now, sure, right. Grandma's going to hate you kicking. 
a ball around her Yadro, <laughs> really expensive figurines. But hey, but I, I love that. Like, and it could be anything, really, can't it? It could be. I remember just playing pool at my cousin's or at my grandparents' house, and the kids would all go downstairs, and we would just hang out, and everyone would play pool. But it can be something so simple. Oh, yeah. it, traditions don't have to be big as long – I guess they, the goal is they just have to be connecting. Right. Yeah. We want to be together in that space. And I guess it's too – it's okay to change them too, you're telling us. Well, it, it really is. And sometimes um, it, it, kids outgrow things. You know, there were things that well, – well, you know, think of the things like little kids love to uh, – in a lot of households put out um, – you know, cookies and right. milk for Santa, say. And, you know, it, it, if they start to get a little older and they're just not interested yeah. in that. And, um, so, and you know, there are some rituals that change that are almost a um, uh, rites of passage. I mean, I know families where they go out, the families go out and they um, pick a Christmas tree and they, you know, cut it down, even cut it down. Yeah. And, you know, that's sort of a sign of, of a maturity that you got to help cut down the Christmas tree. Or, oh, yeah. It's kind know. of the hunt. You went out on it. You went out and brought home the tree. It really is. It's a very personal, um, very personal kind of life. I mean, or, or part of our life are these traditions, and they carry a lot of value. They also don't. They don't carry all the value. The relationships, the connections, seem to carry carry the value as well. Um, yeah. Well, when you say they you know that people are more important than things, people are also more important than traditions. And if you have right. one that is. Uh, you know, I can think of an example I heard of about a woman who married into a family and they had um, very intelligent people, but they had very complicated gift-giving rituals where you had to write really some kind of uh, very difficult poem about the person right. with, with every, you know, yeah. and, and you marry into a family like that. And it's like, excuse me? You know, I mean. <laughs> It's a very kind of not inclusive, yeah. not friendly kind of thing. And is that really, you know, is that, is that really what you want to do going forward? I mean, yeah. it's better to adapt, yep. I think. Is, and, yeah, and does it draw easy. a bigger circle or a tighter circle? Exactly. Love it. Yeah. We're talking with Meg Cox, uh, author of The Book of New Family Traditions. We're going to come back and uh, talk a little bit more with her about how we, uh, what are some more tradition examples or examples of traditions that she's got for us. Also, want to ask her, I'm just noticing some stuff on her blog that I think might be fascinating to discuss as well. We'll be back talking with Meg Cox and traditions right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this program to give you and your loved ones some tools to make it through this crazy thing we call life, especially at this time of year, to make it through the holiday season in one piece. And today we've been talking about holiday traditions, the importance of traditions, really the power that they bring to our lives. And we've asked uh, Meg Cox to join us. Meg is the author of the book of New Family Traditions. She is also a um, was a staff writer at the Wall Street Journal 
in in Chicago and in New York City for more than 17 years till she quit uh, working and um, went home and got pregnant, 40 years old, and had a baby. And then all of a sudden the traditions began and the quilting started to probably relieve your stress. Is that right, Meg? Yes. <laughs> you had to start quilting. I was just telling everybody here, in my at, at my funeral, in my casket, I want a quilt. Oh, good. Yeah. I hear well, it's there cold under. people underground. who make them just for that or people take a special one. Do they? Yeah. I just, yeah. I want a big one. <laughs> or I want one of those funny presents that you get that's a blanket that you walk around in that zips up in the front. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know the one yeah. I want one of those. I don't care if I look funny. Well, I actually have a Christmas quilt uh, project in the in the book as an idea, and it was a babysitter gave to us when my son was a baby um, a little bag full of um, just plain off-white fabric, like nine inches square, and she gave me like 20 squares and a oh, red fabric marker and a green fabric marker, and she said every year at Christmas your son is going to decorate one square, and then someday it's going to be a quilt. Cool. Have you gotten and, that far? Uh, have you put it together? It was, Sorry? Is, have you put it together yet? Oh, yes. I have now put it together, and it looks beautiful. Is and, it on your uh, blog? I'm trying to think if it's... I should put it back on my blog. I think I put it on my blog last year, but yeah. I haven't put it up recently. I should I should, uh, should put it up again. Really? You need to go check out her website, megcox.com. Her blog is just filled with ideas for things you can do for traditions. One of the things I know, too... You you believe that you know rituals or traditions, another word for it, make make um, can work like magic to kind of smooth yeah. over some of our rough spots, right? What do you mean yeah. by that? How does a I mean, because just so the traditions don't just have to be Christmas traditions. No, 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 no. And I think when you when you first start a family, of course, that's what you're thinking about. How can I? How am I going to celebrate Christmas? And what am I going to do to make birthdays magical? Right. And then you know you have this this little baby, and every day is a really long time for a, a new child. And you know what? What um, I talk a lot in the book about everyday traditions, and particularly about problem solving rituals, and those are all the little things that you do to soothe or distract a child. It's a little song that you sing. It's your bedtime ritual. It's the things that you say to kiss the boo-boo. You know, I even say that kissing a boo-boo is a metaphor for ritual because mm. it's, it's a comforting thing and, and it's the familiar words and, uh, and how you handle that situation. And that literally gives them, you know, it calms them down and makes yeah. it possible for them to keep taking the next step because they know you're going to be there. And that's, and that's um, how ritual works. And I love it. I mean, if you, we had kids, and if you start singing the song that means it's time to clean up, then they they just jump right in, and they're halfway through the tradition before they realize they're going to bed. Yeah. Well, it, it's one. It is like magic. And then I have, you know, I even have like rituals that people have to break up sibling fights, or you know, whenever there's a rough spot in yeah. the schedule, that's when you need to come up with something. And that the, one of my favorites in in that regard in the book is a family that when when the kids are after each other, uh, they call it crazy dance party, and somebody just declares crazy dance party, <laughs> and they find the nearest radio, which now is our phones, right? Yeah. And they play some loud music, and they all dance. So they go, you know, they do a countdown. Ten, oh, I nine, love eight, that. Seven, and by one, they're all dancing. Yeah. And how can you be mad then? I mean, yeah. how can you be having a fight when you're all just cracking up? <laughs> My kids would all sit there and just watch me dance. <laughs> and I just have to shake it and jive and groove. Yeah, that would be bad. Um, it's it, What I love, too, it sounds like when it comes to traditions, a lot of it is just being willing to try stuff. 
I mean, sometimes one year you do something. My my wife one day was walking. Uh, she was tired of waiting at Thanksgiving for her family to all go to grandma's and grandpa's. So she just said, I'm going to start walking and you guys can pick me up on the way. Well, she ended up walking about an hour before they got to her. And then the next week, next year, about 10 people started walking. Then eventually everybody started walking. And now to this date, many 20-something years later, we all go walking on Thanksgiving. Oh, I love that. But That's it started as just an event. You want Thanksgiving anyway, but isn't that, don't you love the story? Yeah. That's great. See, but that's how it can work, huh? I guess maybe oh, that's yeah. one of the traditions you ought to have is the tradition of trying something new every year. I like that. And I then, think that that kind of openness does lead. And and also, one, one, I have sort of this little thing at the beginning of the book about letting go, that sometimes the best uh, holidays are the ones where everything went wrong, right. because you really have to rem- you know, tell yourself that it's the year that the that you forgot to turn on the oven or the dog ate the cake that your kids are going to be talking about forever and ever. Right. And so you might as well just roll with it. Yeah. That, there's the memory created in the awkward, mm-hmm. awkward reality. Um, what Talk about a little bit. One of the things I run into with some of my clients, a lot of people don't have great holiday memories. They, they have grief. Yeah. They have pain. Yeah. And a lot of these traditions bring up new grief or bring up the old grief again and again and again. What, what do you see we could do um, to, I guess, to, to alter the tradition to, to allow for grief or loss or pain? That's a wonderful question. Um, and, and there are many answers, but one answer is to start with joy and what brings you joy. And there's actually this uh, one family I talked to some of the kids that um, their parents were divorced and that yet they made them have these really formal Christmas and Thanksgiving dinners every year. And they were sitting there with the white tablecloth and the silver and the crystal, and they were all miserable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody was digesting well. Yeah. And they were, it was horrible. And so then when the kids grew up, they didn't want to go home, and they all just scattered, and they didn't want to know from their families. And then they started having kids. And one of them said, well, should, you know, shouldn't we get together for Christmas? And the other one said, well, I am not doing that. You know, it was so awful with mom and dad. And one of them said, what if we completely invent our own? What if we do what would make give us pleasure, which is the reverse, which is I want to have a seafood feast. They lived up in the Northwest somewhere. Let's have a seafood feast where you have to eat with your fingers. And we're going to, I'm literally going to throw, um, you know, quilts and, and things and, and tablecloths on the floor. Yeah. And we're just going to be comfortable and we're going to have, you know, this, it's going to be about the food and having a, a good time. And Love they it. did it. They tried it. And they loved it. Yeah. Because it was, you know, it was true to where they were. And it was, you know, so it's important to, to, to do that sometimes. Right. No, and, and you uh, said start with the joy. I mean, yeah. if we've lost somebody that was dear to us, they they would they wouldn't want christmas ruined by by everybody being sad that they're gone they would want That's people right. to be celebrating the good i had a an example i heard of where you you just you just think you create a gratitude tree where you just write down oh, everything like you're grateful about or the blessings that were brought to you that year even you know we lost mom but we also had all these other blessings yeah, and you, and you know, there are ways to sort of bring that, the memories in of that person. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are, um, you can take a picture of that person and make an ornament out of it and put it on the tree. Yeah, I love and, that. And just sort of make reference to Grandma still with us. You know, Grandma is part of our Christmas, and yeah. this is like a very visual way of demonstrating that. 
you know, my uh, father and my stepmother um, made something really powerful. My I had a grandma die. My nana died, and she had all this jewelry and costume jewelry and all of these things. And um, so, what they did is they went and took some of her favorite coats and 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 uh, some of her favorite jewelry, and she, they had four Santa Clauses made, uh, one for each of us of the grandchildren. And um, then they decorated it with grandma's jewelry. Oh, great idea. And um, we all then got a piece of grandma. And so it comes out every Christmas and it came out and I've got – so I've got like pins and chains and, you know, watches, uh, even belts that my my grandma used. I mean what were they going to do with all these belts? But I guess just give it to Goodwill and yeah. uh, put it together, and it's pretty powerful. So then my son was dancing around the room with it the other day, and I about lost it. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting, huh? You can make anything, and that's what I'm seeing on your website with your blog is you literally can take anything and make it make it a valuable memory or, or part of a, a, a wonderful tradition. Oh, yeah. And, and you have to be flexible about all these things. Like, you know, take Advent. You know, Advent, some people might say, say started on December 1st. You can start it whenever you want. Yeah. You know? Get I mean, off my you back. Do something like this, you know, right. literary content where you count down with books, you can start now yeah. and, you know, just do it uh, the rest of the time. And um, what I'm finding that, that's interesting, is, too, is that, that how the technology works in this, because now there are, this is one of the things that I did write about on my blog, is the, the this sort of new wave of virtual Advent calendars. Right. And, you know, there's one that's like, you know, every day is a different uh, craft thing that you can do with kids. So there's just a lot of great stuff out there. And and you just, and even if something like, and, and you do this all the time with kids anyway, but like for New Year's Eve, you know, New Year's Eve is when you say it is. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If kids go to bed at 8 o'clock, you know, midnight is 9. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's. That's it. That's what I guess is the key to this is um, – and what I love is your history too. Talk about – just if we only have a couple more minutes, but talk about um, when you sit and you're doing a quilt, I guess, with other people and you're gathered around a quilt because to me this is the real reason we would gather for the holidays. It's not just to drive each other crazy and to see whose recipe is going to be better. Um, I guess in the end it's about connection. It's about community. So tell us, tell me what you've learned about just community, being with other people, being able to share a story and share your stories in a sitting, in a quilting experience, or even at a traditional, you know, family reunion or whatever. Well, you know, quilting or whatever it is, the the stories are really important. And whenever I have a multi generational meeting with my family and you know some kind of a reunion, it's amazing to tell the stories about. The, the people who are there and the people who are no longer there. And I just find even the teenagers are, like, wrapped. And, you know, uh, there's a thing on my blog about how to do, uh, you know, wish lanterns. And we did these this summer for my parents, who were both gone, where everybody got to write down messages to my parents, and uh-huh. then we let them go into the sky. And that's also another a wonderful way to celebrate somebody who's not there yeah. on a special occasion. But telling the stories is, is a big part of it. And, and um and creating that space where um, where everybody's listening, and you can um, just have a good time, and and just shut off all the devices, and uh, and just be together. And there's some healing there too, isn't there? That's it's like the storytelling. 
especially about a loss or about it is. I guess that's also getting back to what you were talking about earlier with the predictability. To to know that what grandma and grandpa went through is what and what's what mom and dad went through and it's what you're going through as a young couple. I mean, there's some continuity in just hearing the stories. Oh, and this is the this is what I saw the sort of the teenage kids in in the family taking in is some of the stories about the difficult times and what people got through. They had no idea and their mm. eyes just got big. And I think they thought, Oh well, these people weren't so after yeah. all, yeah. and they did have to go through all these things, and and they did survive, and um, and that's a good feeling. That's a great feeling. Well, Meg, I so appreciate uh, you spending some time with us. Do you have one more word for us? So if you had to think of the one thing that makes the biggest difference when it comes to traditions, holiday traditions, what would you say is the one thing that people need to remember? Right now, I think I think people need to hear slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Smell the roses. Yeah. Yeah. Smell the... Smell the pine tree. The pine tree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. I appreciate you, Meg. And everybody, again, go check out her website, megcox.com. Look up that book, The Book of New Family Traditions. It really is. It's a big book with a lot of ideas in it. So if you're in need of some, some seriously awesome family traditions, that's the book to get. Again, we're going to take a break, come back, and uh, get into world traditions. You won't believe what other people are doing around the world to celebrate holidays. Uh, Fascinating stuff. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking holiday traditions. And, you know, we all have our own tradition. Uh, I guess in the United States the tradition would be called Black Friday. What's our tradition? What's our uh, – Santa. That's Santa? the big American, USA, American? Northern American. Just, I don't know. I feel like that's – I don't know. I mean they have it I in Canada. It Mexico they have it, but they it's a little different. My son's telling me. Senior Christmas. See, but in in Mexico, so you guys go get uh, you go get all this great Mexican food, but in Mexico they don't even they don't they don't come get American food. Well, uh, maybe they they don't have <sighs> like a hometown buffet. They don't, they don't have a golden corral to uh, do the golden corral. Or laundry. I guess if you're if we're talking places in the south, close to the Mexican border, it'd be a Lubies. Is a Lubies? Yeah, Lubies. Yeah, Lubies. I yeah, love they're Lubies. disgusting. I, they're disgusting. No, come on, come on. Come on. It's, have you eaten it one? I've eaten it one. You're welcome. Lubies. Okay, so we're going to go all around the world now because if you think Americans don't have great traditions, boy, wait till you hear what they're doing all over the world. Hannah Montana, what have you found? Okay, number one, New Year's in South Africa. They throw all of their old appliances out their windows. So they really? That is not happening. Throw it out the windows. <laughs> Number one, because my microwave is bolted into the wall. Yeah. We'll and, get a screwdriver and a wrench. Well, I could, but then I'd lose my security deposit, and that microwave yeah. is not worth Yeah, no. But so the old ones, they toss out the window. That yeah. makes sense. Happy um, New Year. Have you guys seen Adele's music video, Rolling in the Deep? No. Well, it's weird. There's a lot of glass shattering. And I feel like this tradition finally explains it in Denmark. On the new year, they hurl old plates and glasses against their friends' and relatives' doors. Really? 
That's a bit odd. Yeah. Uh, and then they Happy also they Gosh. stand on chairs and jump off of them at midnight to leap into the new year because oh, it's supposed to banish bad spirits. See, we kiss people. Uh, I thought yeah. that she was going to say they throw them against their friends and relatives and like stop at the against their doors. I was yeah. like, oh, that's a good tradition. That's a great tradition. <laughs> well, wow, that's Denmark, huh? Okay. Yeah. So in Belarus. Um, Still unmarried women play a ton of different games to figure out who is going to get married. Oh, really? They put like, like piles what? of corn and have women stand next to these piles of corn. And then the rooster is put in the middle. And whichever pile of corn it approaches first, that's who's getting married. I have a feeling that data does not correlate with actual <laughs> rates of marriage. Yeah, I think pretty, right. You know what? So that really is that's, – that's eHarmony. That is that's, that's that's e-harmony who's coming to your corn pile. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why you should out there. You should be grateful for eHarmony because it doesn't involve it doesn't a involve piles of corn or yeah. chickens. Um, mm. This one is hopefully appropriate because I think it's hilarious. Um, in Brazil, Ecuador, Bolivia, and Venezuela, it is considered lucky to wear special underwear on New Year's Eve. So they sell red and yellow underwear at all of the vendors. Red is supposed to bring you love. Yellow is supposed to bring you money. Really? Yep. Wow. I just might try that one out. I'll get both. But <laughs> why Why would you only wear special underwear one day a year? I wear it every day. Every single day. Every day. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, next. It's just underwear. Cr- Krampusnatch. Pardon? Krampusnatch? Bless you. What's she got? What's she saying? <laughs> I don't know what she's saying. So everyone, no one on the radio can see it, but just so everyone here has context, that is Krampusnatch. Which is a, oh it's, gosh, it's, it's a, a demon. It's a yeah, demon-looking goat. It's a man. pre-Christian era demon, and yeah. it's like the anti-Saint Nicholas. I mean, he comes and steals children. Okay, and oh. so they were. <laughs> Hold for, on, I thought. Ugh. Like we we just do coal. Like, well, no, oh. so he leaves coal in the place of children who he then puts in a bag and eats. Ooh, wow! And they worship him. Where's Krampus? All over snatch, the world Nate. on December sixth. That doesn't even make sense. Why would you worship a devil? Whatever. That's a child stealing devil. See, that's also a country we can't pronounce, (laughs) and we don't even know where it is. Krampus Snatch is the name of the demon. Oh, what country is it? It's all over the world. Where? I don't know. It just says multiple countries. What world? Uh, Not ours. Okay. Not ours. See, we're we're only doing our world. Oh, Oh, sorry. I was going for like galaxy (laughs) or whatever. Only go by our world. Let her um, give us some more. These Norway, are Norway. Yeah. Um, after Christmas Eve dinner, um, families hide all of the brooms so that witches and other mischievous spirits won't steal them. No, but you know that's a town. good idea. Yeah, hide all the brooms. My, I, that's, like, yeah, I used to kids, have to hide the hide brooms from my sister. Hide your brooms. Hide your husband. What about my Dyson? Because that's kind of my broom. Yeah, no, no. You, you don't. <laughs> I can't no really hide fly it. A Dyson. It's big. Hold That's on, scary. what was that movie? Hocus Pocus. Totally. Were they flying a Dyson? Yeah, totally flying a hmm. vacuum cleaner, at least. A Hoover. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what else so, you got? <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Someone's Venezuela. Got the Venezuela. They um, all go on rollerblades to church in the morning, and then little kids tie strings to their toes and hang them out the doors so that our windows, so that people rollerblading by can tug on them as a friendly greeting. I just feel like that's someone's toes gone. (laughs) That's like asking, hey, can someone please remove this toe from me? That's an actual tradition? Yeah, apparently. It's in in a specific town in Venezuela. Obviously. Yeah. They must not have cable. I don't know how to even pronounce it, but it's a town. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, and I so, thought my sister singing Fiddler on the Roof was bad. You still have your toes. <laughs> yeah, so. I still got all my toes. And I don't even know how my grandma would roll her blade. Oh, man. Okay. Well, she just wouldn't go to church. So that's all the rest of that. I have two more. Okay. Um, in Vietnam, everyone celebrates their birthday on New Year's Day. So the day is referred to as Tet. And the tradition is that the actual day of your birth is not to be acknowledged. And oh. that every year on New Year's, everyone becomes a year older. Oh, man, that sounds that sucks. convenient to the communist regime. I know, that does does sound <laughs> communistic. Yeah, but at the same like time, the you have no personal thing. identity, but every January we will up you one more year. Well, so what if a baby's born in, like, December and then New Year's they celebrate their birthday? They do. So they're really a month old, but they say they're a year old? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. what happens. I mean, that's how you, how they do it with horse breeding, too. That sounds weird, but uh, Vietnamese follow after so horses. So it's a lot there like horses a horse. there. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and horses, all of the horses born in that year are the same age. Really? Yeah. So it's like, it's ideal to be born um, earlier in the year then because you're older, then you're, younger, you're, you're the same age. Because if you're born later in the year, then it's a smaller horse because obviously it's younger, yes, but it's never the same age. The derby. Yeah. It sucks. I, it seems like it's the same thing with cars. Like, here's my 2014 such and such, yeah. such and such. Yeah. But it's even and computer models because I've been trying to buy a new computer, but I want to get the right model so you can't go by year. Yeah, yeah don't go by year. Right, build your own. Germany your own. by far has my favorite. Yeah, let's hear it. It's hilarious. So pretty much, if you're a single man and you turn thirty, you do not want to be in Germany. Really? So if you turn thirty and on your birthday, does this involve corn? No. Okay. It involves rubble. Um, so okay. you're taken to the local city hall where you have to sweep the steps while your friends throw rubble at you. Um, and uh, they will continue to do this until you kiss a girl. And then after that, you have to go and buy all of your friends drinks. Wow. That, doesn't that sound terrible? So you get stoned <laughs> by rubble. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to sweep it up and, or you kiss a girl. What's the kissing of the girl about? Well, it's just Is that like, how you get married? It's just meant to embarrass them. Okay. The whole the whole ordeal is meant to embarrass them. Yep, that sounds awful. Yeah. If well, I ever end up in Germany, I will make sure to get rid of all of my friends well, right before I turn 30. Go marry. Well, just I'll, say I'll you're turning 29 again. Wow. Some of these I feel people, like we've got great traditions. I know. <laughs> That's pretty right? benign. Yeah. We don't Nobody throw dies. rocks at Nobody people. gets stoned and beat up. Nobody has to worry about the color of your underwear. Demons don't come in and take so you weird. and replace you with coal. Yeah. Yeah, no children are being eaten and their toes aren't being we tugged. We eat lots of food. We get presents. We get stockings. We get yeah. to sleep in. We get two weeks off of school. We have months We've of credit it, card like, debt. It's mm, all good. It's awesome. It just keeps going. <laughs> I like it. Hannah Montana researching the world. Wow. I don't know where she got that because half of those don't even seem real. Krampus Snatch or whatever Krampus the name is. Krampus Snatch isn't even a real state. Krampus Snatch. We're going to take a break and come back with our uh, awesome contributor, Kim Giles, is going to be joining us. She's going to um, teach us a little bit about holiday traditions to break. There are a few of them that we might want to break up, you know, and then throw, I don't know, stone people on the steps of Capitol Hill, I guess. Who knows? Maybe that's one to break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back with Kim Giles right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking holiday traditions, and we thought uh, we'd bring on our traditions expert, our guru extraordinaire, and by the way, one person I just found out that has a crush on her, Kimberly Giles uh, from ClarityPointCoaching.com. She's the president and founder of Clarity Point Life Coaching. She's a popular life coach, author, and speaker, named one of the top 20 advice gurus in the universe. That's according to Matt Townsend. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> Actually, one of the 20 advice gurus in the country by Good Morning America, which is a big deal. That's about as big as you get. Also has appeared on Good Morning Utah, a bunch of news shows, television shows. She has over 240 articles published in newspapers and magazines, and she writes a regular column for KSL, um, which is you can find on KSL.com, called Happy Living. It's in the Happy Living section. Actually, they changed them. To what? I, they changed the sections. I bet yours is like, hey, I'm Kim Giles. All the guys have crushes on me. Okay, you're really going to bring up that story on the I just, air. I just did. That just you did. met one person who said they had a crush on me in high school. They're like, hey, Matt, good to meet you. Wanted to meet you. And I really like Kim Giles a lot. That's how he said it. Really? He said, in high school, <laughs> I really liked Kim. And I'm like, wow. Wow. I and then I asked him his name, and now I can't remember. So now you don't know who has a crush, who had a crush yeah. on you if they did. But it doesn't matter because you're married. I am very happily Happily too. married in love. Okay. You have any traditions? What's your favorite tradition of Christmas or yeah, the season? Yeah, I was listening to the show, and my grandmother had so many amazing traditions. And one of them was... On December 5th, we would put our shoes yes. out on the porch yes. and St. Nicholas would come. And even as I got older and I knew about Santa, my parents would be standing next to me and St. Nick would come and fill my shoes with stuff, treats and little what? gifts. And I'm like, okay, St. Nick is real. He, because for sure. You were talking, you were right with mom and dad. The whole time. Never yeah. would have dreamed my grandma was, was sneaking around all of our houses yeah. every December fifth, and so now that's a tradition that's a I have idea. to carry on with my kids. So you 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 actually put goodies in their shoes. Yeah. Have you heard of athlete's foot? Yeah, Grandma put them in a bag. Okay, that's and then different. Put them inside the shoes yeah. to avoid. Because in the old school, they would just go in like a wooden clog. Yeah, but my teenage boys' tennis shoes, you don't, yeah, I was just thinking, you don't want anything to go in there. We don't even – we won't even pick up our kids' shoes, Yeah, let alone celebrate. So we have a lot of great, fun family traditions, but I, I think we kind of have some bad traditions. That's the deal because, like, I don't get all giddy for Christmas. You I kind of get a, a little – A lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't think we're alone that it never fails if there's a family gathering that someone – Gets offended. Yeah, there's oh, and is it That's always a tradition? You think it's it, does that role rotate, or is a lot of times there just is one person? Yeah, but sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it rotates. Yeah, it is. So you're saying if we're going to break a tradition, break the tradition of being offended, getting offended, or offending others. Yeah. Well, and we could talk about either side of it, not taking things personally and not going to these things almost looking or expecting that so-and-so is probably going to offend me again. Don't you think we we kind of – the holiday, there's a lot of stress, a lot of financial pressure. 
you know, you you may not be feeling so great about yourself anyway. You didn't lose weight. You gained weight. Whatever. You lost your job, and your your hairline's receding. As Victoria, yeah, or you told got divorced, or you got divorced. The year I got divorced, was I was not excited mm-hmm. to go to family gatherings. But you didn't have to go so to the in laws anymore. These days, well, that's how true. are you in your single state? <laughs> yeah, how's your year been? Well, it's kind of been the worst one I've ever yeah. had. This was by far the worst. You don't even want to go. No. I mean, yeah. that's what you're looking at. That's hard. So that's the deal is we bring a funk too, right? So if we've had a bad year, we don't, we may not have a lot to celebrate. And then we got to get there and pretend. How do you do that? Well, okay. So we got to talk about a couple different angles of yeah. this. So first of all, you've got to go remembering who you are and that none of the things you've been through this last year – affect your value and who you are. Yes, you're just still Just because a you're unemployed, yeah. you're just having an unemployed experience. It's a location on your journey. You're passing through yeah. the unemployedness. Yeah. But it isn't who you it's are. It's not you. Mm-mm. It's just this current state you find yourself. You're just a diamond in an unemployed rough. Yes. You're bringing up my famous I love your metaphor. diamond. So maybe I better explain yeah, it just in case people don't know what we're talking about. So I teach my clients to see their value as a one-of-a-kind, irreplaceable human being as the same as an irreplaceable, one-of-a-kind diamond. That value is the same. Priceless. No matter the setting. It doesn't matter the setting because the setting could make it more uh, seemingly more valuable, but the diamond's not more valuable. The diamond's still valuable whether the setting's there or it's alone. Yeah. You throw that diamond in the mud, it has the same value. That's right. Throw it in the garbage. Same Same value. value. That's you. So I see life as a big classroom experience. We are here to learn, and we are going to get signed up for some crappy classes. Yeah, yeah. I've been signed up for And you you. didn't even sign up. Someone else signed you up for some. (laughs) Some of them. Yeah. Yeah, but they they have nothing to do with my value and who I am. They are just situations that I happen to be in for a while. And it was really hard to embrace that during that Christmas that I had just gotten divorced. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But boy, you just have to keep telling yourself, my situation does not define who I am. My value is the same no matter what. And you are responsible for your own validation and feeling good yeah. about who you are. You cannot depend on getting it from your family or anyone right. else. Well, Or your job or the fact that you're done with school or the fact that you're married, right? You go to – you're still valuable – you have the same value yeah. as everybody else. Yeah. And then we've got to also be mindful of those in our family who are in those situations. Yeah. And you know what? Don't As much as possible, don't ask them those questions, yeah. especially when you already know yeah. that the answer to how you're doing is horrible. horrible. How is your pathetic life? Yeah. <laughs> it's pathetic. <laughs> I One of my... Dear cousins that I just love has been going through that kind of situation. And we had a family gathering, and I literally sat next to her so that every person who came up, I would say, Don't ask. Don't even ask. <laughs> Stay away just from it. Yeah. Give her a hug. Yeah. Tell her you love her. But we ask because we don't know what else to say. So we, we, and we do this kind of condescending, How are you? How are you? With the self pity kind of thing Ugh. behind it. Yeah. Or we try to, Oh, don't you hate that guy? Can you believe he did that to you? Which you don't want to go there anyway. So either way. It doesn't serve you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't serve anybody. You're just trapped. 
Isn't that funny? That's mourning, huh? We don't know how to mourn with people that are struggling. We don't know how to mourn with those that mourn because mourning doesn't just mean death. It could be your job. Well, and your especially loss. when you haven't been there before, yeah. you have no idea, and so you just don't get it. Mm-mm. And you want to try. You yeah. wish you did, but you just don't. Yeah, that's why it's best, don't you think? Just go in and start giving them advice. <laughs> what you need to do is, I mean, I know your life's a mess, but what you need to do is you need to just start doing this. Yeah, advice is just start going to singles to. activities. <laughs> You need to get out there, Kim, and start dating the world. Very funny. Anyway, keep going. Can I say love them? Just yeah. Just go up and say, hey, can I just tell you, I love you. Yeah. We're. I I know this has got to be a hard year, but know you're loved. It's cool. That's good. Yeah. Let's go there. That's a great start. Start with love. Okay, so then let's talk about the jealousy thing because we've got yeah. a lot of us who show up at the family party, and let's face it, all your siblings are financially doing better than you. Yeah. Oh. And they're going on trips them. and they got that new car. They oh, just yeah. came Look at in. You. And you're barely hanging on and right. can't pay the bills and scared to death all the time. That's going to be a hard Christmas. I always say, but are they happy? Sure, they're rich, but they're not happier than we are. Except they are. They're a lot happier, we think. Well,. They See, look that's happier what we feel. at we the feel family that jealousy, party, don't we? And you got to remember, first of all, everybody at the family party isn't necessarily being genuine right. about where they are because nobody's life uh-uh. is easy and smooth. No. Don't you know? Totally. I mean, after the work we do, no, no, everybody's struggling. That's what's somewhere. so great about our job is because everyone's messed up, and you know it. So and Including I don't, I don't us. even. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. All of us. We all are in our own unique way. Well, and some people tell me that every day. <laughs> I was told on this show that my hairline's receding. Who really? Would, who would tell somebody that? Okay, let's talk to you, Kim. You're a pro. Would you ever say, hey, your hairline's receding? Would you say that? Well, I had someone come up the other day and asked and, and say, your hair, you got your hair colored. It looks kind of purple, kind of Halloween-ish. Did you punch her? And I thought the same thing. Yeah. Who says that? Yeah, who says that? Well, I'll tell you who says it. She's sitting right there. <gasps> You're the one who told him his yeah, hairline Yeah, Victoria said that. <laughs> That's so rude. Anyway, I'm over it. Okay. I'm well, we're going to talk about having a thick skin okay, in a moment after we do jealousy. Okay. okay. Jealousy. What do we do with that? Because I'm feeling it. By the way, jealousy, it may not even be real, right? We're not basing this on reality. No. Because I don't know their we reality. Perce- we right? perceive yeah. that we have it worse. What do we do? And the problem is, first of all, we've got to just make a rule that we don't compare ourselves with other people because the bottom line is Life is school. We're all in class, and there's not another human being on the planet that got signed up for the same class right. as your, no, you have. There are no two classes alike. Nope. So we just got to make a rule that we are not going to compare. And I guarantee if you really had every the details of everybody's uh, course laid out ahead of you, you'd take the one you've yeah, gotten signed up for. You know your course. Yeah. So make a rule against it. But then the other thing that I I really feel strongly about when it comes to this jealousy thing is you've got to decide how you're going to live your life and you have two options. You live from a place of scarcity and jealousy and fear of loss that things aren't going to be good. And when you live that way, you put that off. People don't like to be around you. It's going to create all kinds of negative situations in your life. Right. Your other option is to live from a place of love and be thrilled for everyone in the world to have abundance and blessings and want that for them yeah. so that you open the door for that to come back to you too. And you can still want to have a you – can, you can still want to have what they have. 
right? Absolutely. It just shouldn't make you but, be negative. Well, but you've got to do it at the same right. time with this gratitude for what you have yeah. and this trust that your life's going to be exactly what it's That's meant it. to be. But that if you go out and live from love and do your job from love, that abundance is – this is It'll what happen. happens with the universe. You right. get what you give. And yeah. if you give abundance and love, it's going to come back. See, that's – and for some reason that's risky to people. But it seems like, well, what else have you got? Well, the only other option is to be miserable. Go be miserable, which isn't going to get you much. Yeah. I guess – but we that at least that way we're being paid off. With we're, the misery? With misery. Because, see, it's at least an emotion. Mm-hmm. It's not mature. <laughs> but it's – sometimes people like – they love it. They kind of dig in, don't they? And they they wallow. They, I mean, they, don't, they do. They embrace They subconsciously – they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That energy. And then we, we become competitive. With your sister Which and her is, husband? Yeah, it's all the same. Well, and in 20 years, the job will rotate. It'll rotate. Stuff will happen. So you got to decide mm. where you want to live because you can wallow. You can embrace yeah. that jealousy and that fear and scarcity and seeing them as the bad guy. And 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 there is kind of a power in that because yeah. you're almost putting other people down so you can feel yeah. superior right. in some way. That power really doesn't feel as no. good as the power that comes from choosing love and forgiveness and abundance and well, giving that's to the, the peace, world. right? So the peace. Most of us don't value being an angry naysayer, negative, horrible person. That's not our value system. Our value system is being loving, forgiving, accepting. So if you want peace, you gotta live go be, consistent go with peace. your value system. Yeah, that's why divorce people. You'll see it all the time. They divorce angry. It's almost like they need the energy of anger to make the decisions they need to do to move on with their life and to leave this jerk. So I see all that negativity and I'm thinking, Yeah, but then they, after that, they have to heal and forgive and get their love back or it'll eat them alive and they'll be bitter and miserable. Well, what do you attract if you're a bitter, angry human? Not a better relationship than the one you left. Right. For sure. Man. Okay. That's how we get rid of the jealousy is we just – we have to figure out how to turn it into love. Just accept this is your lot for now. It's not permanent. It's just this stage. Love. It's a class you're in. You got to be grateful for all the blessings you do have. Yeah. And you got to trust the journey that the universe is conspiring to bless you. Yep. At least that's an option you have of seeing it that way. Yeah. And when you do see it that way – more doors open yeah. and you end up getting more blessed. Love it. Merry okay. Christmas on that one. So we're not going to be jealous no. anymore. We're going to love people and not put them on the spot Yes. about the disasters in their life. So let's talk about the getting offended because I think this is oh. the biggest one. Especially if they know they're offending you. That's what everyone else says. It's one thing, but when you know they wanted to hurt you, and I'm always like, how do you know they want to hurt you? Well, you can kind of tell, but this is the thing. Mm. This is a principle of truth about human behavior that everybody's got to just understand. Anybody who who tries to hurt you, who attacks you, this attack says more about them than it does oh, about yeah. you. It really is not about you at right. all. No. It's their poison that comes from their own fear of failure and loss that is so big that they just have to spew it on everybody else. It's not about you. So even when the attack looks personal and feels personal, you need to not take it personally. Yeah, it's about them. Totally. And you always say, um, 
If they're coming with pain, then they've got pain. So how do you say that? They're, they're, they just lack love for themselves. So everything they do is either loving or it's a request for love. That's it. So they're actually just looking. They need love and validation. Oh, but they're so That's the I know. You don't want to give it to them when no. they behave that badly. But see, that's you becoming reactive. So our most important thing is we need to see ourselves and other people accurately. We need to understand that all bad behavior is based in their fears about themselves. Huge principle of human behavior. Yeah. If we could all get that, we would just see why people do what they do. Yeah. And we have this tendency to need to put bad on others and focus on what's wrong with you to take the focus off how bad I feel about myself. And it's kind of this casting you as the bad guy so I can feel like the good guy. And it's a very subconscious tendency, but almost everybody does it. Yeah, that's that's the human neutralizer. I can make it whatever I need to make it. So that I'll feel better. Yeah. And yet in reality, you're not solving it. But the thing is, when you know that that's why people behave badly, you can sit back and go, oh, I, I understand exactly what's happening. This isn't about me. And have you ever noticed that in an, the English language, we say, did you take offense? Yeah. Are you taking it personally? Right. They put it out there, but you don't have to take no. it. Taking it is your choice. If you want to take it, yeah. on what they their poison and drink you. it up. They can try to offend. But you don't have, you to, don't take have it. to. Especially if you just interpret it. Well, they're obviously hurting. Right. And if your value is that diamond that's indestructible, they really cannot diminish you or hurt right. you in any way anyway. You are as bulletproof as you could possibly be. You can stand there and let them throw it all at you. Yes. And let it all bounce off. And you're fine because they cannot diminish you without your permission. And now, interestingly, but then if I try to throw it back. I'm dim- I, I'm kind of diminishing myself. Like, hello, you're a diamond. Why would you play this game? Well, that's don't play what they that want game. You to I know. do don't play the game because then they have more that's proof right. that you're the bad yes! guy. So when you don't take offense and you just love them, you kind of force them to own their bad behavior. Yeah. You don't even need to say grow up. You don't need to. I just, just take a loving. big deep breath. You don't need to call them names. Hold on, we're gonna. This is Kim Giles, by the way. She is the universe's greatest coach, advice guru of many planets. <laughs> and You're stretching that every we're gonna time take I'm a break, on the show. And we're coming right back uh, with Kim Giles, who, by the way, the guys are going crazy for all over. Who is married. Who is married, yeah. Who is married happily. And so, guys, back off. We're going to take a break, come back. Kim's going to teach us a few more points about not being offended. You know, when you go celebrate with the family Um, and throughout the whole season, we're also going to ask her if she has a really funny tradition with her family. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show. We're wrapping up our show today on holiday traditions, you know, because there are some traditions that we probably need to get rid of traditions of jealousy at the parties, uh, traditions of taking offense, traditions of, um, you know, poisoning people with fruitcake, stuff like that. Some of those got to go. Some got to go. 
What else we got to let go of? Kim Giles, by the way, from ClarityPointCoaching.com. She is uh, founder of Clarity Point Life Coaching, advice guru. I'm sure she doesn't want to be called that. Author, writer, has a new book coming out. Hello. And again, boys, guys in high school used to fall in love with her. Long time ago. <laughs> long, long time ago. Many, many decades ago. So I really think lately there's a lot of people who have a tradition that they hate Christmas. Yeah. And they just – they start to get – my husband's got this a little bit. As soon as the decorations start going up, Ugh. you know, the Grinch thing sets in yeah. and he growls every time he sees. Yeah. Oh, here it comes again. The How do we get over that? Mess, the You know <laughs> – Scrooge had ghosts that came. Yeah. So if we could bring some ghosts, that could help. Maybe to make us remember what Christmas is about. Yes. Because we've gotten off track. Yeah, totally. And and I think the fact that it's become so commercial, it's so tied into how much money you have and mm-hmm. what you can buy for people, and it brings up a lot of failure and loss, yeah. which you hear me talk about a lot. Yeah. Our deepest core fears are failure and loss. And if you don't have the money to have this amazing yeah. Christmas, then, and then your kids are like, "Well, Joey, Joey's family went to Hawaii fourteen times. How come we never go to Hawaii?" Yeah. Like Joey's dad's a criminal. So I know there's a lot of people listening right now that are feeling bad, especially parents that this year we don't have the money to do much. This does not make Christmas fun. Right. So we've got to decide how we're going to experience Christmas, if this is going to be a fear thing or if this is going to be a love thing. Yeah. Because the more you choose to buy into this, this fear and I hate Christmas, you're putting this out. And and you're going to suck the love energy right out of right. your family experience. Your kids are going to have a worse Christmas because of your attitude. Yeah. And your fear and your guilt yeah. than if you just turned it to love and could give less but could give more love. So I want to share with you something yeah. really cool I realized because you know how big I am, how what I feel about fear being the root yeah. of all our problems. Yeah. And a couple years ago at Christmas, I was reading the story in Luke of the Savior's birth. Yeah. And I noticed that the minute the baby Jesus was born, angels appeared in the fields. Yeah. And you remember the first thing they said? What? Fear not. Yeah. For fear unto not. you is born this day in the city of David. The answer to fear. Christ the Lord. The answer to fear. And I don't think it was really just a message to the shepherds yeah. to not be afraid. Well, I mean, they're We're freaking angels. out like, hey, we've got angels in the field. I think it was the whole point of yeah. Christ's birth was... Fear not all mankind forevermore because yeah. the Savior has been born. And he's supposed to be the answer to take away yeah. our fear so that we can be in a place of love and focus on love. See. But he can't force us to accept no. that, to no. make that decision. And every moment of every day, we have two options. We're in fear of loss and failure yeah. or we choose love. So how could That's you huge. be love this Christmas? Because it has to start from inside of you. That's what, I, what, like when somebody is feeling jealous or angry, I always say, so, okay, so if your Lord, if your God came and just stood right next to you while you watched your neighbors driving away in their new boat, and you've got all this jealousy, and he just held you, didn't say you anything. Okay? You'd probably, I go, what would you feel? And almost always they're like, I just feel peace. So you know what I try to do when I'm at the family party and the relative just basically insulted me because my life's not going as right. well as hers. Well, yeah. I'm going to choose in that moment to just love her. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do that by switching the focus and asking questions about her and how yeah. she's doing. And it's so awesome. You're yeah. such a good mom. And I'm going to validate her. And even though part of me wants to go to this place being offended and see yeah. her as the bad guy, I'm going to choose not to do it. I'm going to choose love instead. And I'm going to love the very person I'm jealous of. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking But you know what? Advanced. When you do that, yeah. you feel so powerful. There's the peace, right? Peaceful and strong yeah. and powerful. Confident. Love is the most amazing feeling in the world. Man, Kimberly Giles quoting the Bible. Fear not. Fear not. That's the what message is he, what did, for What did he say? Fear not. For unto you is born this day in the city of David our Savior who is Christ the Lord. Boy, there it is. That's the answer. It really is. Choose love. Merry Choose Christmas, love. Fear everybody. Not. Is that your last time I'm seeing you, Kim? No, actually, I'm coming next week. Ah, you're going to have to bring back. another Christmas message next week. Uh, I will. Kimberly Giles, go check out her website, claritypointcoaching.com. She's got stuff on there. She, you can listen to her. She has classes you can listen to. Lots of free stuff. Free stuff. She's the queen of free. She brings gifts of good tidings. Check it out. Fear not. Great lesson. Thanks, everybody. Again, holiday traditions, they're good. And when you bring the spirit into it, they're even better. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow with more great tools, ideas to help you through this crazy thing we call life. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Thank you.